This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I mean, there's certainly no shortage of weather news out there. Look at us this morning with the snowfall, right? But there's huge rain and snowstorms in California, warmer temperatures on the East Coast. I mean, New York City just set a record for the number of days they have now gone without snow. What does all of this say about weather patterns in the years ahead, maybe? Well, we've talked about the use of artificial intelligence, maybe helping out with perhaps writing an essay for you or a resume or a cover letter. But what happened when scientists used AI to predict what our temperatures will be like in the years and decades ahead? Well, Simon Donner is an interdisciplinary climate scientist and professor of geography at the University of British Columbia and joins us now. Dr. Donner, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. This is an interesting use of artificial intelligence. Has this been done before? It's never been done before for the particular purpose, but the methods they're using are, are not actually that new. I really just say that the computers are a bit faster. And I might call this really like machine learning rather than artificial intelligence. It wasn't that complicated. Okay, so can you explain to me what they did here? Well, so, uh, so you know, we, we, uh, predict, we try to project into the future, climate scientists do, using models that are trained based on what we've learned from the past and based on just physics and chemistry. And those models, you know, are validated against actual data from the world. So we know that they can work pretty well and and they can predict, you know, how much it's going to warm depending on the decisions we make. And so what what these scientists did is they took the results of the model, they took all the observations and they had a computer kind of train an algorithm, right? Uh, so similar to how like chat GPT would work, uh, train an algorithm from all of the available data from all of the models to say, okay, if we just go from the raw data that comes out of these models, what is the, how many years does it take for us to pass a certain amount of global warming in total? So it's very similar to what the models are trying to predict, but rather than taking the results straight out of the model, it takes a bunch of the raw information that the models have and use them to come up with the number. So we're using, uh, it, it, yeah, we're, it, it, we're allowing it to think instead of just modeling. Yeah, I guess you could say that, you could say that, all, to be honest, the models themselves are extremely smart. So in a way, I would say it's rather than predicting it just based on physics, it's predicting it based on numerical patterns. Okay, and what did it show? You know, it showed something quite similar to what the models already say. And, and what, what the, the paper is really trying to calculate is how many years will it take to pass the levels of warming that the world agreed to try and avoid back when we signed the Paris Climate Agreement. And it found that the world will probably pass one and a half degrees of warming in the early 2030s. And that uh, we, depending on the choices we make, could pass two degrees of warming sometime around or after the year 2050. And to be honest, the results are not that different from what the models had already been saying on their own. There was one sort of slight change, and it increased the chances that we would pass that two-degree threshold, even in a scenario where our emissions were pretty low. And so that was a little bit surprising. But otherwise, I would say that this, this big, complicated machine learning exercise more or less confirmed what scientists are already thinking. 
Right, but that also moves things up a little bit earlier too, doesn't it? Well, it moves the, it, it, you know, it, I would say it shifted the probabilities a little bit for the two degrees of uh, two degrees threshold. I mean, the, to me, the, the the thresholds are important because the world agreed under the Paris Climate Agreement, Canada, the U.S. included, and China included, that we would try to avo- avoid these levels of warming because because we agreed that this is how much warming we think might be dangerous. Uh, for all of us living here on the planet, and in, including people and all sorts of other species. But, you know, they are kind of geopolitical numbers rather than like pure numbers that just come out of nature. And so these are sort of politically mediated judgments. And I do sometimes worry that we, we focus too much on, on those numbers rather than the real message of the science, where the message of the science is that, listen, we have to reduce emissions as much as we can, because the more we reduce emissions, the less the planet's going to warm and the less people are going to suffer. And so does this allow for that to happen? Does this allow for those emissions to be reduced according to our plans? Well, I think what what this paper is just warning is like, listen, this is going to happen. Like, you know, we talked about avoiding one and a half degrees of warming. We're looking at that happening within a decade, possibly. So it's just sort of, a, to me, the paper like this, it kind of reiterates what scientists have already found. It's just helping remind everybody, listen, we need to make the transformational actions now. We need to start making these decisions now because these warming thresholds that the world wants to avoid, they're not that far away. Right. So that does, it's, it's this century we're talking about, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's not even, you know, before this century, we need the, the, the challenge of climate change. What makes it an emergency isn't that the disaster is going to happen tomorrow. It's that we need to make the decisions now. The emergency is now in order to in order to avoid the disasters in the long term. Right. And so that's with the real pressure. That's what makes this an emergency. And that's why we have to not just be making these little incremental moves to reduce emissions a little bit here and there, but real transformational things. It's about not just driving a slightly more efficient car, but actually switching to an electric vehicle. Difference between incremental and transformational. Right. So what happens now with this work? Is there more work that needs to be done? I imagine based on what scientists, uh, the scientists involved learn from doing this work, they'll probably come up with some more applications for it. But to me, the science isn't the question at this point. And it's hard for me to say this, obviously, as a scientist. But, but really, the science of climate change is so well understood and known at this point that this is really now just about courage. We know what's going to happen if we keep increasing emissions at the rate we are. We keep emitting greenhouse gases at the rate we are. Now it's about the courage to take really tough action. Dr. Donner, thanks for your time on that this morning. Thanks so much. Dr. Simon Donner is an interdisciplinary climate scientist and professor of geography at the University of British Columbia, talking about how these researchers used artificial intelligence, they used AI, they plugged in all of their raw data and raw information to kind of predict or show us, essentially, think about what temperatures are going to be like. And it found, yes, that the planet is on that path for, you know, warming thresholds sooner than expected on that.